The following content is not a substitute for medical advice. So, John, randomly the other day, I started talking on my Instagram about um, mindful drinking because it's a, I think it's a useful tool for people who consider themselves mild to moderate drinkers who may have crossed over or, you know, gone into more moderate to heavy drinking the last couple of years. I, I can't imagine why anyone would have done that over the last couple of years. I know. I, I'm not sure either. Um, <laughs> it, it, some people report since 2016 they've been yeah. they've been hitting the booze a little harder than normal. It's one of the only escapes there has been during the last two years. I, I don't know how else to describe it. it. It's like the reward at the end of battle. It quite literally is a reward, right? If yeah. you're if you're talking about neuroscience, alcohol enables your dopamine system, which is your reward system. So other things hit your dopamine system and make you feel good and give you that rush of dopamine, but alcohol especially does instantly, pretty instantly. It, it's Friday, mm-hmm. and so my reward all day long has been that I'm going to have some drinks tonight. That, that, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right motivation, but it feels like that to me is victory or relaxation or both at the same time. Yeah. Both at the same time. You know, we can talk about this from like a a habit social aspect. We often seek rewards based on how things make us feel, right? And little like hits of those yummy chemicals in our brain And some of them are directly hit, like with drinking alcohol. And some of them are like you can get from a hug, right? Like you can get oxytocin from cuddling with someone you love or from petting your dog or or whatever. Or it just feels good to be around people, right? And I think the last couple of years, there's been a lot of social isolation, I think uh, we aren't. We haven't spent as much time. We've spent a little more time in the last year, but as much time seeing people and engaging with people and being close to people, and also doing things we love to do. Like I know a lot of people love to travel, and there's been um, it's been a little more difficult to travel, or people haven't felt safe to travel, and so ways and means that people kind of got those rewards are not happening. And so alcohol's a quick fix to that. <laughs> That's become a big reward. So what's mindful drinking? What does that mean? Mindful drinking means that you have harnessed a sense of intention around your drinking, that you're not left to, uh, you know, crossing over. You know, there's a point with drinking where our brains, we're, we're no longer in control. We're no longer like our prefrontal cortex, which is the center of our brain that can, you know, make logical decisions like it's impaired. And there's that point where you can cross over. Like it's not, it's like your limbic system, your midbrain is now choosing, right? You cross over. And so with mindful drinking, it's this thought that you stay in that intentional choice about your drinking, that you, you monitor it almost like you would uh, nutrition or uh, an exercise routine or anything else that you're trying to have structure around. And, and it can be hard for people because unless you have structure around it, 
you can uh, lend yourself to that crossover where your your prefrontal cortex is no longer in charge. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it do you feel like it's all or nothing with alcohol? I in my mind, when it comes to that, you feel like you're over drinking, right? Like you're drinking too much. My solution every time is just quit. Is just quit for as long as I can. And I think a lot of people I know do that. And you may have to right. go dry for a little bit because you have to identify what the benefits of drinking are. And I, and I say that with intention, right? With mindfulness. Um, you have to identify what you're getting from it and what you're using the drinking for. So if a glass of wine at the end of the night is a reward... You can identify that this is a reward. You're using it for a reward. If you are an emotional drinker, you're using it to ease the pain, right? The emotional, the mental health part. If you um, have an addiction, you have a physiological addiction, you're going to be in discomfort unless you drink. So until you can identify where you stand and what your intentions are, some people do need to dry out. And some people don't. Some people already are drinking mild enough that they can just immediately go into more intentionality and mindfulness around it. So mindful drinking is more about, it sounds like where I'm at. It's because I don't, I'm not abusing it right now. I don't think, um, I come from a family, as you know, a family of alcoholics. I have a pretty good... (laughs) Pretty, I can identify pretty well um, when when you can't quit something or the people around me are, are in that position. So it sounds like it's first you got to identify it. You got to figure out where you're at. And once you do that, then there's a mindfulness to it. You're having a direction and a decision making. The, the, the issue is, ironically, once you've had a few drinks, decision making is more difficult. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you're, you wipe out, you know, yeah. that um, logical brain. Mm-hmm. And so it is your limbic brain that's choosing. And you have to know where that is for you. <laughs> is it is it two glasses of wine? You know, is it three? Is it one? Where is that for you? And the other thing, though, I want to say about this is some people listening to this may not even know they might need to cut back. And part of that is because the amount of shame we have oh, in yeah. our culture yeah. around it. And so there's a lot of denial that can go with it, right? And also people don't want their reward taken from them. You know, if they don't feel like they're really, they have enough going on in their lives that is giving them happiness. <laughs> and that's their one little thing of happiness. There's like, fuck you, you know, don't take that from me, Right. And so it takes a lot of courage and self-forgiveness and self-introspection and a sense of removing the shame to sort of look at it clinically. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I'm sure you experience this and maybe you, you can't identify when one of your patients is lying to you, but I feel shame when I'm asked that. Like, well, how many drinks do you have a week? And I immediately like lower it. Like, I, three? Yeah, I mean, yeah, three. <laughs> I had three last night, but it, you know, I put like all week because- there's just this built-in shame. You're absolutely right. I always feel myself. Tra- I don't. I don't now because I, I, I. But but you want to know why I don't? Because I, I'm at a reasonable amount. I can fill out that form and feel like, yeah, that seems all right. I'll tell you honestly. Um, my patient intake forms, people will, will report their alcohol consumption, 
and I'll look through it and sometimes I'll flag it like I need to ask more questions because I have to do my due diligence. I need to ask more questions about it. And sometimes I look at it and think, eh, they're probably fine. I'll see what they have to say about it themselves, mm-hmm. what they bring up. And then this happens almost every time where once we get talking, I am pretty good about establishing trust with my patients rapidly. Um, my whole intake process is like, you know, if by the time you end up as my patient, you trust me. <laughs> I, I vet everyone, right? So, and they vet me pretty well too. So when we start talking, they'll actually start telling me that they're concerned about their drinking. Mm. And then I'm looking at their form and I'm like, wow, that's not what they put, right? Yeah. Because it is yeah, that. That makes sense. Yeah. I, w- I would Like we, we under, we under report. That, you know what? It's less the doctor. It's less that I just, maybe I don't trust the person as, as much that like if my current doctor I've had for years asked me, I'd, I'd totally be honest with him. You're right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Is it, you have to establish trust before you talk about something like that. Or people are afraid that, you're going to take it from them. Yeah, that'd be the other thing. Yeah, you're um, going to tell me to quit. You're going to yeah. tell me I can't drink. So what happens, Amy, when you when you have a patient that doesn't need to quit, though? So what do you, what do you tell? You probably surprise them. Do, do you surprise them a little bit and say, well, you don't have to quit, but you know, you, you get into this mindful... Absolutely. Yeah, I talk okay. about drinking all day long. <laughs> um, I do. I talk about drinking a lot. And so I think the first thing is to establish the benefit you're getting. What's okay. What are you getting from it? Yeah, reward for me. Okay. Reward. That's what I would tell yep. you. Yeah, reward or for some people. Escape. Um, maybe. Or for some people, there's a little bit of rebellion. It always has been part. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Um, some people feel like, fuck it, the world is fucked and this is my one little slice of happiness. Ooh, there's some nodding heads. I can I can, <laughs> I can feel the nodding heads. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. It's a dumpster fire. I'm putting it out with booze. When have you crossed over? I wouldn't even know. I kind of would know, maybe. There's I, a lot of factors. So, but if when you're, do you need help? Yeah. Okay. So there's sort of there's like a beneficial use of substances like alcohol. There is. There's a beneficial use. They've proven that small amounts of red wine, for instance, are good for you. And then it can cross over from beneficial to not harmful right? Like it's fine. Yeah. You're, you're having a drink or two here and there. You're um, having a glass of champagne on New Year's. You're, you know, drinking some wine on vacation. You're, you know, maybe you're not even using alcohol every week or maybe once a week or something like that. And it's not harmful because it's not getting in the way physically like it's not causing you physical harm, harming your pancreas and your liver and your brain and your, you know, and it's not getting in the way psychologically, damaging your relationships with people or damaging uh, your life, like getting into some kind of financial trouble and gambling or whatever, right? So you can go from beneficial, believe it or not, to not harmful. And then it can start to cross over. It can get into like, Okay, there's some problematic use. You're drinking too much. You're drinking more than four or five drinks at one time. You're getting drunk often. You're blacking out. You're too impaired to drive a car. You're maybe saying and doing things that are hurting people in your life. That's problematic use. And that's 
I would guess multiple times, right? Because you can have a one-off and you're not. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was too embarrassed. Some of the screening uh, questionnaires we have as doctors, yeah. it lists one time a year. Wow. Like if you do more than, you kind of get one. And well, then if you have two times a year where you've like blacked out or gotten really drunk or done something problematic, then you're flagged yeah, I from the that. medical community. Yeah, multiple of those I would th- think would be troublesome. And then there's chronic dependence. And that's where you pretty much, you need help. You can't control it anymore. You need some serious help. And, and it's not just social or psychological help. You may need some physical dependence help, right? You may need some medications to not just help with the cravings, but to also help with taking it from your system that's been so dependent on it. I think the way people identify what they drink and when they drink can impair this. I know I've had many conversations where, oh, I don't drink in the daytime. I only drink in the evening. I've heard that before. Another one is I drink wine. To me, for a lot of adults that I know, wine is a problem because wine is sort of a whole thing. You know, you get get a nice bottle of wine. There's a ceremony around it. You know, it's not just I'm drinking a beer or a, a cocktail at the bar. I'm having wine. But I know for me, that is the easiest one to go down way too fast. Way too fast. So Well, and wine is sold in bottles. So yeah. once you open the bottle, I mean, yeah, try to cork that shit yeah, yeah, and put we it know. away. <laughs> we try and then we get it back out. So I think, too, we're, we're convincing ourselves of, of certain things. Like, well, I don't drink in the daytime and I didn't drink the other night, but I drank the other six days and well, I had wine, you know, so I, so I always like, but I worry, like, I don't know where that crossover line is. I've always been very conscious of my drinking because of my family history and because there's people currently in my family who are just totally addicted to alcohol and can't quit. I think you have to ask yourself if it's harming you physically and if it's harming you psychologically, like if it's impacting your life, if you're waking up hungover on a Wednesday morning, is that a benefit to your life? You know, and there's no shame here, right? Like there's absolutely zero shame coming from me anyway. And from John, I'm sure too. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not big shame people here. No, but you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, okay, so maybe a hangover on Wednesday morning meant I w- forgot to pack my kids lunch and I was late getting them to school and holy shit, I missed a meeting, you know, like if it's having an impact in your life, you need to ask yourself more questions. If it's, I drank a little too much on a Friday night, I had a little bit of a hangover on a Saturday, but it didn't really impact my life that much, then, you know, whatever, right? Everyone has to make their own choices. But as far as mindful drinking goes, it's this concept that you're also, um, you know, there's a lot of these non-alcoholic cocktails. You see them out there. There's a whole movement of making non-alcoholic drinks that are more complex with like herbal elixirs and, and things like that. And it's a huge movement. And especially the sober folks and people who are in sobriety are really tapping into that because it makes it interesting and they don't have to, you know, not go to the bar anymore because it's not just apple juice and fucking tonic water. <laughs> yeah, and you, Amy, you don't, you know, I know you're with me on this. You also don't have to identify yourself as, as sober. It, it's like people have come to me, you know, I, I eat a plant-based diet and they're like, oh, I'm not really vegan because I eat. And they say whatever. And I, I kind of smile like, well, that, 
it's just a label, man. You don't have to like, you don't have to do that. Just do your best. And with the, sometimes people don't want to, I don't want to jump into a community or identify themselves as sober, for instance. I think that's why that mindful drinking really, really jumps out at me. Um, is that you, you, it's sort of your own identity with it. You kind of make the rules, right? Like you're deciding what level, what, what amount and you, but as you're saying, there's many things out there that can help you. Uh, these, uh, we know at our bar, Life on Mars has expanded its uh, non-alcoholic menu and it's been a huge hit. Huge hit. Yeah. yeah. We have doubled our drinks and they're non-alcoholic. And, and again, just like being plant-based, it's so much easier now as far as what you, what you can have. Cause you go to bars and you're right. It's like two or three options, fruit, like fruit juice based drinks. Here's, we have apple juice and tonic water. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yay. Yeah. But now um, at our bar, they're at the level of our regular drinks. Right. And, and so the concept is, is that we love rituals around drinking, Yeah, sharing a bottle of wine or drinking a cocktail or drinking a beer or drinking a drink is medicine in some ways when you're with people you love and it's a ritual. And even if it's by yourself, honestly, and you are giving yourself a reward, I think the danger is, is when it does cross over and it does, be, you become more dependent on it physiologically and psychologically, and that maybe you're causing harm to yourself. And then just being honest when you ask yourself those questions, you know, is this in my highest and best good? Am I contributing to my life with drinking this wine or am I hurting my life? You know, I, I'll tell a personal story. We had a stressful night, I don't know, in November or something, and I drank a little too much. And the next morning, I was like, oh my God, I haven't done that in the longest time where I drank too much because I was upset or stressed. And I had been great with my mindful drink, and it scared me. And I was like, oh shit, and the holidays were coming and I was feeling like, oh my God, I can see it coming. I can see this train of emotional, stressful, holiday drinking disaster coming my way. So I just fucking sobered up. <laughs> I like went dry through most of December. And then, you know, and then around Christmas, we enjoyed some wine together. And around New Year's, we enjoyed some wine and some champagne together and it was nice and we weren't drunk and it was great. But I think, I think knowing that is where the mindfulness comes in. Knowing when you see the freight train of disaster of your own habits approaching, like maybe that's time to sober up or get on the wagon, so to speak. But you know, if you're getting a benefit from it, it's perfectly fine. It's just, it's just learning to know yourself, learning to trust yourself and, and learning where those lines are for you. It is dry January too. And I mentioned we did launch that, uh, that non-alcoholic menu on the Life on Mars menu. You can go to lifeonmars.com for some really great drinks, including the live from Bonnaroo. <laughs> it is so good. Uh, Red Bitters Pathfinder uh, is part of the drinking 
uh, mix in there. We have that in a lot of our drinks. They're great. Um, but we have Sensible Heart, which is ritual whiskey, which is not like whiskey. Uh, and some just amazing uh, drinks that we put together. Uh, so if you want to go there. And the other group we've been working with is a sober curator. So if you if you do want to learn more about uh, the sober community, and you know, I've said you don't have to identify yourself with the sober community, but if you do and you feel like you want a really good resource too, I've I love their site. You can just go to the sobercurator.com and there's some amazing articles, other podcasts as well. I was just on a podcast with a host who's in recovery and had a really great time with her. Um, but there's some really great links and just how to get through January and resources. And it's, it's really awesome. Actually, it's not like the, I want to say like the old days where you're just you're just sober and you have to be and you go to meetings and that's it. I just feel like there's a whole community out there now that supports you not drinking or not drinking as much, I should say, because even when I go to my own bar now, I don't drink every time. I like these other cocktails. I want to like not be dependent on having drinks every time I walk into a cool location like that. I want to, yes, and I want to give a shout out of compassion to people who are in recovery and who are sober and who are in AA or whatever program you're in because you've found something that may have saved your life. And those programs are absolutely needed. And I, and I see this all the time. There are a lot of people who try the mindful drinking thing because they don't want to give up their booze. And honestly, they should be in some program like that. That is if they don't want to continue causing harm in their life. Uh, so it is it is a courageous conversation to have with yourself and to have with others. And I've had those conversations with people in my practice where I have said, no, I think I think we are over the line here. I think we are in a place where a recovery and a sober program is where you need to be. And and with other people, it's it's just a matter of cutting back and being more mindful. Every family member who's dealt with alcoholism in my family has died or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they not one of them. I don't know if I think they tried to quit maybe at times, but mm-hmm. not one of them were able to quit. So if if you're a person who has to quit or has um, and and you've done that, you've done one of the hardest things I think on earth. Uh, it is so hard to quit that addiction and there should be no shame around it yeah just, you've, you have to rewire your whole brain oh my gosh it because is, your brain is screaming at you to yeah. drink yeah the it, only, or, or whatever substances yeah. the only time i saw my dad sober is when he was in a medical emergency like he was well he was forced into it at he that was point. forced into yeah. it yeah and 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 it was he was a different dude you know and as soon as he got out he would start drinking again so i i, I get I just can't say enough about people who have been able to do that. And we're just, we're hopeful that um, we've helped maybe help you identify a little more, just a little more. Yeah. 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 And you're not alone out there. I have to tell you the amount of messages I get from people and the people in my own life who've been struggling with not just drinking too much, but trying to identify something new in their lives, or they've gotten a little older and they're saying, is this a problem? Do I have a problem? Is this, and then am I just kidding myself that I don't have a problem? Yeah. So I think the first thing is this, be honest with yourself, be honest with yourself. And that's hard to do. Ask yourself where drinking is causing you harm. Ask yourself what you're getting from it. What are the benefits, right? And the benefits might be that I get to just zone out, not deal with my life. That's a benefit, but is that a sustainable benefit? (laughs) Ask yourself what the benefits are. Ask yourself, 
how you're using alcohol. Is it ritualistic? Is it as a reward? Is it at, in avoidance? You know, and be honest with yourself and then start to figure out where you might fall on the spectrum because it is a spectrum. And then if you do need help and you do need to go um, into recovery, then you've got all the compassion in the world. You have so much support. There's so many people out there. Just take that first step. Yeah. When we raise our glass to you, be it bubbly water or one glass of wine that I have tonight. Hey, hey, hey. 